Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to View with Mike G, the show of life, the show of hospitality, rum, biscuits, metal, and so much more with today's guest, the bar manager of Olame in Austin, Texas, Miss Erin Ashford. We talk about a lot of different things, an interesting life, and she's done so many great things in this cocktail industry, hospitality industry. So far in Austin, Texas, she's not even 30 years old yet. So it's an amazing story it's an amazing journey for her so far and you know it's nice because i think about today 9-11 is the kickoff day for texas at tiki week and aaron and i were sipping some fine rum so it's going to be a festive week filled with tiki and what better way to kick it off than with this wonderful chat so without further ado i hope you guys enjoy this brilliant chat with aaron ashford of olame austin About, or for example, like my fasting driver and I the whole way here talked about how, you know, some people can kind of just crush you and like he had a terrible guy in his car basically. Oh, it, I see. Like ruined okay. his day. Really? Just and bad so, attitude? Or yeah, he... bad attitude and just like basically a jerk. And so we kind of just connected and talked about that and talked about how, you know, how do you get past that and not let it ruin your day. And, you know, I kind of think about that all the time. So hearing people talk about how they deal with it is interesting to me when other people might be like, well, he's a jerk, who cares, you know? Yeah. But to me, I I like hearing how other people deal with those situations. I think so too, right? Do you like listening to conversations with other people to find the kinds of things you may have in common with them? Yeah, I, I like connecting on that level. And then also, I mean... I went to school for communication That's studies. That's right, yeah, Texas so, State, if I recall. Yeah, Texas yeah. State. We're going to talk about San Marcos <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't there too long, but long enough to long get it. Long enough. Yeah, yeah. I was there far too long. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, I think I get it a little bit. But yeah, uh, my favorite classes and the only time that I was interested were classes about communication and like why we talk the way we talk, yeah. what what that means and how that looks with other people, whether it's like interpersonal relationships or like a group and... Mm. So that's always fascinated me, but I mean, for other people, it's like, I don't know, I talk the way I talk, and again, who cares? And it's like, for me, I'm like, I think it's fascinating. I think so, too. There's always been this deeply rooted psychological tilt to Mm -hmm. things that I try to maybe bring to the conversation or kind of think that this is a way to look at stuff. Mm -hmm. But hospitality is a weird thing because we only think, oh, it's the person serving my food or it's the person making my drink, but your point a fair driver is dealing with hospitality just like anybody else oh absolutely it's still like dealing with people <laughs> every fucking hour every probably. hour yeah. yeah so it's draining and like usually in a fast and ride i don't want to talk at all so like <laughs> yeah. i don't know it was interesting the things he was saying i was like yeah totally like we, we really connected when normally i'm like i just want to text and <laughs> Not talk. I don't want to talk. I'm unwinding right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My day off. I don't have to talk to anyone. <laughs> That's a good point. It's, it, it is interesting because 
from even making drinks as a young kid for family engagement. Mm -hmm. Hospitality starts somewhere. Yeah. You know, and I I never realized that I I grew up in it too. Mm -hmm. You know, but eventually it's like this latent realization that it's all around us. It yeah, is abound. I suppose. Yeah, and everyone does it to a certain degree. They totally do. If yeah. they're even if they're just at someone's house and they're yeah. hosting, right? Exactly. Well, so then it, it kind of begs the question. First, I want to talk about Negroni Week because mm-hmm. it looked like you guys were doing fucking great stuff on the patio. Thanks. Yeah, you were doing a. Uh, you had a riff on it, so tell me kind of what you were serving and imbibing the folks yeah. on, on the patio. <laughs> Well, we're big on punch bowls at Olame, yeah. so we wanted to feature a different punch bowl every day. So That's a lot um, of work, right? Yeah, I mean, we do it every day anyways. Okay, we always okay. have like a daily punch, so it was like, oh, okay, cool. we'll just make them more Negroni-like, so yeah. obviously Campari and then different vermouths, and then make them refreshing and more punch-like, so... Yeah. That was like a go-to for sure, but then we wanted to feature something special. Um, and my other bartender, who's also named Aaron, Aaron Binger, he <laughs> uh, was working on a grapefruit cello, and I was like, "Oh, that'd be awesome to do like a Negroni grapefruit cello, yeah. like citrusy take on it." So we used that grapefruit cello with the one and only Highborn Gin. This was not why I wanted to talk about this, by the way. I just I found it really interesting. Ever the heard of cello. it? Yeah, I spent um, some time on that. No, shit. I've been obsessed with it ever since i started at olame i i don't know i had never had it. i didn't even know what it was yeah. and uh it was there and so i started playing mr with andy arrington like, yeah andy yeah. arrington arrington yeah yeah he was like that's a local gin by genus i was like oh i've only had the navy strength yeah and, and it you know that has its place but not totally. as cocktail friendly sure, sure. So then, yeah, the highborn has become my go-to for cocktails. It's I just, just want like, it to be the replacements for people. So like right. a band that you listen to, but not everybody knows about. <laughs> yeah, but totally. they're fucking good. They're like it's good. good. It's You're going to like it. Listen, <laughs> drink it. How did people receive the punch? People really liked it. The punches were great. It's, you know, it's so hot out. And yeah. we have this awesome porch. And it's like, just come out there and drink a cup of punch. It's like. How could it be any more perfectly southern and relaxing? And yeah. yeah, we had a good response. We've it's been nice. You know, the bar used to be in the kitchen at Olamay, yeah. so kind of tucked away. And now, since I started about a year ago, we've been trying to build the space and get people to realize that, like, yeah, this is an amazing restaurant with amazing food, but you can come have the same caliber of cocktails. So that's my goal: is to it's amazing thing get more people to come in. How has business been so far? There's been many accolades for Olame. I mean, yeah, people want to hang out with the head chef. You know right. what I mean? Like it, it's yeah, almost I mean, as this celebrity era. He's too. one of a kind, and his personality is so down to earth and so laid back. Like just yeah. a Dallas boy who like Dallas likes boy. drinking whiskey and will <laughs> keep it real with you. And yeah. but yet he's putting out this food that's like above and beyond. You know, I'm that. obviously biased, but I think his food is the best in the city and. Yeah, I'm lucky to be surrounded by that, and it definitely pushes me to put out a certain type of sure. product, and and that's great to be surrounded by people who care and push towards that, you know? Great group. Yeah, and you guys it's keep... a great group, and everyone's so nice. I always I, joke it, it about, like, like, it's it. the nicest group of people. Yeah. Like, like when people are like, oh, I want to get kitchen beer, I'm like, just buy them Sour Patch Kids. Like, <laughs> they like candy. Like, there's that sweet. This is yeah. this group of people. Like, they have a candy addiction. Sweet tooth in sweet the tooth. kitchen. Because yeah. they're making savory stuff all the time. <laughs> totally, right? yeah. All that butter and salt. Yeah, you just want some sugar. kind of reprieve. Yeah, totally. Sour Patch Kids really are like an amuse-bouche. 
I think so. I really think so too. I think they are. If you don't eat too many, you don't burn your palate yeah, you out. Can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't eat too many. They just like ruin your cheeks. It, just, it literally yeah, burns yeah. the it's, skin off your tongue. It can end it all. It's interesting thing. In terms of like the industry goes to bars throughout Austin, obviously they have their after ship drinks and things. Do you think that Old May kind of attracts that element as well beyond the fine dining, but yet it's not stuffy fine dining? Right. accessible but do you think the industry has embraced it as well a little bit i think it is having to and i think we do a good job i think yeah. of providing service that makes people feel more comfortable in the space because it is such a beautiful refined space that yeah. is serving that style of food so like how do you tell someone like just come in and have a beer or like just come in and have a great cocktail <laughs> yeah. like you would anywhere else you know like so I think a big part of that is in the service style of like refined but casual. Like yeah. how do you find that balance? But that I is, think that is an interesting challenge. Yeah, it is. But luckily, I think a lot of restaurants are embracing that. And mm. it's like, you know, nice fine dining service and style, but in a more comfortable way. Mm-hmm. So I think we've done a pretty good job of that. Great cocktails, great food. Right. I mean, what more can you do? Just You're humanitarians for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, just come hang out. <laughs> just come hang out. Yeah. <laughs> well, so then I'm, you know, I'm curious. We talk about Texas State, a bit of interest in communications. Mm-hmm. You're from Florida, I guess, originally. It looks yes. Like. Mm-hmm. How, what kind of kid were you? What kind of things were you interested in? Sports, academics? Yeah, I played a lot of sports. Um, was, you're relatively, like, you're, you've got, what is it, statuesque? You've got a good height on you. You're hot. You're hot, hotter, higher than me, <laughs> which is taller than me. I think yeah, is I have more an athletic build, maybe. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> no, I played a lot of sports, and I I think it just kind of came natural because all my friends were. So I played softball growing up, and then in school I played basketball and yeah. did cross country and all that. And I don't know. My sisters played sports, so maybe that's kind of part of it. I have two older sisters, and mm. they always played volleyball, basketball. So it was just like Makes sense, right? Normal, like why wouldn't I? Sort of thing. Um, but so I was very social in that way. Of like, I had a lot of friends. Yeah, I went to a smaller school. What city are we talking in? Uh, this is Ocala, Florida. Ocala. So about a no idea where that is. Yeah, not not <laughs> any anytime someone does, I'm like, okay, that's crazy. But <laughs> is it, it actually off putting or maybe kind of suspicious? Both. That they know? Yeah, yeah, it's like okay, maybe you're a truck driver and you just were <laughs> passing through, or like maybe you went to Disney World one time or buried I don't know. some bodies in the yeah, marsh, or like you Ted murdered Bunny, someone. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But it's an hour north of Orlando, okay. so very central. Um, it's close to Gainesville, where the University of Florida is. So I didn't mean to drop Bundy's name, but he had a hell of a there. time at he Gainesville. Yeah, yeah, dangerous. notorious time. Florida is that spot. I know everyone teases it and makes fun of it, but like it's such this you know balance of like beautiful and amazing and like so obvious why people like move there but then it's also like terrifying and creepy and all these gross bugs and (laughs) animals are there so it's like it's a weird place like with weird people duality yeah yeah dark and light but interesting interesting yeah yeah. but i was lucky i ocala is named the horse capital of the world which is kind of interesting yeah, you know it's like what about kentucky how do how do they feel don't yeah they might don't get tell kind them of upset, but that's though. what the sign says there so and we had horses <laughs> signs don't lie, up. Right? yeah signs don't lie someone someone paid for that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> person paid Have for to, it yeah had to have known what they were they talking know about something 
But yeah, what, so sports what, and horses and I don't know. Oh, I so guess you actually I had were, a, were you riding and stuff? As yeah, a, we had them more as pets, but I did something called really? 4-H, which was like a club kind of thing for riding horses. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was into that. And Horses are know. beautiful things, man. Yeah. yeah. They, they uh, in a sense, like for you, does it kind of connect you to this other, not otherworldliness thing, but kind of nature and kind of this purity? Yeah, of, it's kind of, yeah, that like freeing mind moment of yeah. like i'm just on this giant land and i'm with this creature who you know you're it's like being alone but being with all these elements of like thinking about yeah i don't know no it is like that's trippy kind of. it is kind of trippy because <laughs> they're they could kill you anytime they want yeah, if they giant. wanted to yeah but they're somehow compassionate right yeah they're, they're interesting yeah, yeah. so what were your folks doing? Because, I, I mean, to be honest, it takes a bit of means yeah. to be able to have horses. My parents are, have a very interesting story. I yeah. feel like they're radio DJs, actually. So, oh, no kidding. Yeah, they met in Salt Lake City in Utah. Amazing. Uh, they were both DJs, so, like, old hippie story, just, like, doing their thing. Yeah. And then, you know, time goes on. They have my sisters. They've traveled all over to Colorado and Michigan. And then one day, I guess they decide to move to Florida. They were going to buy a radio station hmm. for my dad. He was going to work at this talk radio station. But my mom says that he got cold feet. And looking in the newspaper, he was like, what about this pet store? Maybe we just buy this pet store. A pet store? <laughs> he bought a Amazing. pet store called Tom's Animal Kingdom. And yeah, they owned a pet store for quite a long time. And there's like photos of me and a... And snakes, and my dad would take snakes. me to the snake farm, and my mom would be so upset, but he just thought it was like the coolest thing, and he <laughs> would like love the monkey that worked at the pet shop. That's amazing. Or worked. He yeah. lived at the pet store. <laughs> yeah. Go fetch just me the, the invoices, monkey. Yeah. monkey. Yeah. But I think after a while, I mean, they eventually sold it back to Tom. Yeah. Actually. So. Really. Yeah. It was circle. just like this. I guess my dad just like got nervous or wasn't sure and they just decided to try something else really yeah that's kind of incredible yeah so, so then you... he ended up doing podcasts out of his house no yeah he had a no. podcast called the rock garden no shit yeah is it played... about rock gardens he played <laughs> <laughs> i wish that would be too perfect he played rock music so oh, and talked. Right. yeah which is his favorite things to do what does he have the the voice yeah he had the voice it's funny i he interviewed John Lennon once oh when Lennon was about to get kicked out of the country and they interviewed him and my dad had that voice like hey man like how's it going like just That's old incredible. hippie yeah it's yeah. pretty cool to listen to but yeah he always kind of carried that attitude on and his DJ name was Dump Truck O'Neill <laughs> so, which later on I learned that was he carried a lot of drugs around that makes like some sense. He was sense. the guy. He was the party guy. But that's got to be so. All right. So, <laughs> can let, you tell me if I'm wrong? But so I want to make an assumption. I try uh-huh. not to make assumption. Your parents are ultra fucking cool. Yeah, they're cool. <laughs> they're very open. Yeah. They, they're like, Aaron, travel the world, man. Mm-hmm. Nothing is off limits. Yeah. Do you feel like, as a person and as a kid, as you're merging into an adulthood and all that, that the world was something you really wanted to go after? The culture, so, yeah. the places, you know? I'd, I'd say definitely that was always instilled in me. I mean, my parents then later became Catholic, so it was oh. like these conflicting oh, values no. of like, but I think, I honestly think, and my mom, I'm, I mean, I'm sure she won't admit it, but yeah. I think they did it for us of like, 
worried about kids and you know growing up and yeah. so she wanted to instill these values but yeah ultimately the the underlying thing that my parents always instilled was like acceptance and love and my dad would always tell me like you can go do whatever you want to do and you can be anything and like i think that definitely framed it does right me and what i tried to do but it's still in the background was like but you should go to college and you should do these things i was and gonna it's ask like, yeah. Yeah. it's like do it and you can go as but, far as you want yeah. after you go to college. Totally. And yeah. essentially, I guess that's what I did. I mean, I went to school. It took me a while because I was working the whole time. But, yeah. you know, I went to school and I did that to see, but ultimately maybe more for my parents. I don't know. That's, that's why. Yeah. I changed majors because <laughs> my dad said, what are you going to do with that? Right. You're going to be a psychologist? I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm not going to be a psychologist. Like, I, don't I don't know. now. Yeah. Fuck, this element of doubt is just messages. looming. messages. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Did you start? So, okay, so you finish high school, mm-hmm. and the folks are like, you know, do your thing. Go your own way. Right. Like but Stevian. go to college. Yeah, but go <laughs> to college. So when did the Texas State piece? Was that your first choice for school? Or did no, you do- I had gone to a few schools in Florida. I had been in Pensacola, Florida at the okay. University of West Florida, which was like bane of my existence. That was the day. <laughs> I, it was just so close to Alabama. Oh. And therefore, the people are just, you know, very close-minded. And the yeah. things people would say in these communication classes were like mind-blowing. And it's, Can you give me just a rough example? Just, just very like naive close-minded like they've never lived out of their shell and i don't know i just knew there was more to the world than those opinions and those thoughts and it just didn't feel good being surrounded by people who didn't want or think about more other than themselves and what their parents have told them and so yeah i wanted to see a little bit more or at least get away from that no that makes a lot of sense because it doesn't feel like in essence that's the spirit of parenthood like right folks kind of instilled a bunch right so then i went to tallahassee and i went to the community college there a little bit that's where florida state is so i took a few classes there and then i was dating a guy for a few years and he did the quintessential he was in a band he went to south by and he's like what about austin (laughs) because florida you know i'm older than you by Mm -hmm. a good amount probably (laughs) <laughs> and I know the Florida hardcore mm-hmm. slash Big pop hard- punk yeah. further seems forever. Chris Caraba, that whole totally. thing. Yeah. So what kind of band was this? Amazing? Well, my first boyfriend was in a hardcore band that you might know. No, nope. yeah, called please. the Day to Remember. I have remembered and that, was that band. My my sweetheart, my no high school sweetheart, kidding. the one that broke my heart. You know, like yeah. <laughs> one of those. What's what hardcore kids do? Yeah, that's that's the thing. And it's like I'm 15. What do I know? Like whatever. <laughs> But then, yeah, fast forward, the the guy I dated, Ryan, he was in a band called Look Mexico, which was like a little more, I, I guess you'd call it like math rock. Sure. Okay, math. <laughs> a lot of I'm, doodly guitars is what I call it. Unfortunately, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of doodly. <laughs> they are doodly guitars. Doodly. I that's fine. try to see if my wife will listen right. to some of the stuff. Like and you can only listen to so many doodles before that's, you're like, right. I get it. Yeah. That's enough. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bot. We don't have to get in that conversation. But so we all do it. Mm-hmm. So what is he saying? He's like, so he's I like, love Austin. I yeah, I love go. Austin. What do you think? And I said, well, if I can get into school there, I'll go. Like, yeah. why not? How old were you at this point? Um, I was 20. Okay. My dad had just passed away. Oh, shit. And so well, from? It, uh, he had cancer. He had battled cancer for a long time. Really? And yeah, just for years. I'm and sorry then, to hear that. 
Yeah, he passed away in the fall, and then it was around the same time that Ryan was like, "Do you want to go?" And I was like, "Yeah, why Perf- not?" You know, perfect like, end it, of one chapter, beginning yeah, of another. It, you know, it not in a frantic way, but in a very natural, calm way. Felt like, why not? Let's yeah. try something new, a new adventure. And if I can get into college there and finish, I only had like a year left. I was like, okay. So yeah. I got into Texas State, and we moved here, and I've been here for about nine years now. So what year was it then you came that to was Texas State? 2009. Wow. In the fall, I guess. Yeah. What do you how do you feel about how it has absolutely changed in the past 8 years? Yeah, I mean it's different. My mom is from Midland, Texas, so no I have way, yeah, really? I have those Texas roots so like They're there. It also is like moving to Austin sort of felt natural in the sense of like she's like you should go, you should go because oh, she so was great. my age living in San Antonio and living here and yeah. so she's like a big Texas Fan. and so and i have an uncle who lives here another uncle in midland so oh, that's amazing it felt natural and like being here i don't know i feel like it's always been changing mm-hmm. i think about that all the time about people complain about like all these condos and all these people but it's like it's always been doing that you know and like any big city it's gonna keep doing that so yeah i mean traffic is annoying and yeah you know, busting down your favorite bar or your neighbor's house, which is terrible. And building these condos is like, that's always been going on in my opinion. And, and it's a bummer, but that's change, I guess. I guess that's, that's it seems how it works. Like, yeah, it does how, it is how it works. Yeah. Austin can't be cool and small. Totally. It has to grow. And being in the service industry, oh, can I really complain? Like, absolutely, please right. move here. Please come eat at the restaurant. Yeah. You know, because of that piece, you know, we're re- reaching a point probably of saturation. Yeah, right. Where it's like, well, how much can Austin really carry on its back in terms mm-hmm. of great restaurants, great yeah. cocktail programs? You know, yeah, it's hard. We're in an interesting spot. Yeah, there's a lot of competition. When you think about the Texas State communications piece, because mm-hmm. I was communications major for a little while. Oh, okay. Had some dark times there. <laughs> it was actually still Southwest when I started. Yeah, out. okay. Yeah, again. Testament to how old I am. Yeah. yeah. But what it what is it about communications? Is it simple? Is it just the sheer again going back to we talked mm-hmm. about this fair was it fa- fair driver or fast and driver? Fa- it was fast. Because yeah. fair is gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well Maybe. Well, we're drinking to that. Right? <laughs> but is it because just the people element? You really enjoyed people? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I originally wanted to be a psychology major. Oh, and then okay. when I got to the math portion of statistics, I was like, yeah. mm, maybe not. I've <laughs> <laughs> always struggled with that side. And yeah. I preferred the side that, you know, is about late looking and thinking about why we do what we do. So that's yeah. why communications was more attractive mm. to me. And then, just having specific teachers who were like really inspiring and Mm. you know you kind of get to the point as you're older and you're a senior in college where people are telling you things either about your work or what you as a person and you're like oh wow like validation for the first time and like thinking about these things that have always been there but figuring them out maybe for the first time like oh when I interact with this person who has this communication style I react this way and it's you know just breaking it down so it's a great thing to know archaically but like yeah you use it every day like when I meet someone who's so different from me I look at the way they're talking the way they're acting and think about how I am and I'm I think I'm pretty self-aware now after everything and 
and it just helps you to realize the differences, but ultimately the similarities of what we're doing. You couldn't have put it better. I think we're always looking for differences. Yeah. Instead of reasons to wrap our arms around each other right. and really but truly embrace each other. we're both just normal weirdo humans. We're the like same being a human is thing. weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> just I mean, deal with it But that's together. okay. Yeah. yeah. We, do, as an aside, as a brief tangent, do you find the way in which we argue and we get embroiled in these stupid, pedantic kind of disagreements on mm-hmm. social media? Do you ever kind of think like, why are we right. succumbing to this kind yeah. of base? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I guess you just like that there's so many ways to look at that. I mean, on one hand, it's like pick your battles. Is it right. worth it? And then on the other hand, it's like self-control and like controlling your emotions. And like that has to be somewhat of a, an emotional response to like take it out on the Internet on someone. And yeah. But if it means something to you, like maybe you should. I don't know. There's like so it's many hard, elements right? to that. I don't I don't know, like, what the ultimate answer is. but for, for you, how engaged do you get? I try to avoid social media things At like that. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I used <clears throat> to use it for just staying in touch with friends and family, and now I use it more for work, like yeah. posting photos of drinks and such. So I try not to get into anything, and I, I avoid politics anyways in, yeah. in my everyday life. I don't watch the news or really listen to much so it's easy for me i think to avoid things on facebook but of course there comes the time where like you know one of my florida friends will say something really stupid and it takes everything in me not to literally just write you know your long (laughs) lament of like you're an idiot and so how do you stop yourself it's like just log out log out of there it's a hard one learn you can't teach an idiot to not be an idiot no you can't you think you can and you can't change someone's morals and ethics no. and and they they're not going to listen. They're not going to listen. You know, the interesting thing as I've thought because uh, one of my wife's good friends, her husband, good guy, but mm-hmm. different narrow-mindedness than I experienced myself as mm-hmm. a son of a woman who grew up in San mm-hmm. Francisco and I hate Ashbury Day, you know, that whole thing. And so I think about what he says about gay people. I think about mm-hmm. what he says about interracial marriage, perhaps, right? Right. Or this, the Trump support. Fine. Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I say, you know what will really equalize this whole situation? Wild turkey. <laughs> <laughs> totally, right? Right? It does. Take a shot and just chill out. Because you're not going to say no to the bourbon. Yeah. You can try, but if you don't, right. there's a double-edged sword because you got some white erudite dude from Austin, <laughs> right, saying, well, we're going to drink wild turkey. Today. Yeah. You can't say no to you that. You can't say no. So in a sense, mm-hmm. maybe bourbon. Maybe is, that's the tie that binds. I, I hope so. Maybe it's the lingua franca. Oh, that's brilliant. It could it's be. John T. Edge. I'm, you're going to have to teach me. I don't know. John T. is a, he's a Southern, essentially, historian who we talk about at Olame a lot. He's a... He just wrote a book called The Pot Liquor Papers, which is all about how Southern food, you know, throughout the history. The book book people got. Yeah. The you were talking about, guy. did you end up mm-hmm. going? I ended up going yeah. and he is just like so smart and so charismatic. And and yeah, that's one of the quotes we have on our menu now is talking about how food in the South was the lingua franca of yeah. like it tied these people together who had these differences. And, you know, during this time of like discrimination and racism, like food tied them together you know poor food was rich food and vice versa and 
Yeah, it's interesting. So that's, yeah, I'd say it. bourbon can do that too. The great food, <laughs> bourbon. Yeah, that's got the great anything music, whatever sure. you know, but anything that gets people to like let go of the that negativity. Yeah, and just open up. Mm-hmm. Say, I hear you. Yeah. Right. Also, just be nice. Oh, wow. There's the whole don't be <laughs> a dick thing, yeah, right? Totally, yeah. <laughs> that's a little harder. Yeah. So, but after a few one on one, while taking one. A little bit easier. 101, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so you finish up at Texas State, mm-hmm. all right? How did the Florida romance go? Were you guys so still So we ended it. It had just, we had been together maybe four or five years. Yeah. It was just a natural progression sure. of like kind of grew apart sort of thing. Um, but yeah, long story short, he moved back to Florida. Oh, he, really? He's married, has a baby. Whoa. That, that whole thing. Yeah. yeah, I went the opposite direction of not married, no baby, and just more <laughs> career focused. But I'm lucky I moved to a city with him that, I mean, I knew I would like it. I wouldn't have, I'm a pretty precautious person. I wouldn't have just flown from the seat of my pants to a city that yeah. I didn't know. I knew I would like it here, and I have family and some friends here, so... Yeah, so I finished a, I finished college. I'd been working at uh, the Stephen F. Austin the whole time. Okay. The Intercontinental Hotel. I was cocktail waitressing. All right. Yeah, I worked there for three years. Um, so I just continued working there after school, and then, then you know, I'm done with school, and it's sort of that moment of like, what do I do with this degree? Which I'm sure everyone sort of feels like sobering moment. Sobering moment. I paid for it. I you know, out of working at this bar, essentially, yeah. which was a great feeling, like I didn't have to take out too many loans. But then it is that feeling of like, okay, so I spent all this time and money for what, you know, but did you that, ever have a non industry? What did you ever have a place where like, you know, what I'd really like to do is PR. Com- I, th- yeah. I thought about being a teacher oh, really? that sort of struck me or like more like a guidance counselor. Yeah. I could see myself doing that. But I Ultimately, I just kept thinking like, okay, does it take more school? And then like, is that really what I want? And I think I just kept feeling that like, I like the service industry because there's a barrier, so to speak, between you and the guests to where being an emotional, very empathetic person, it kind of keeps you separated versus thinking about working at a school and you know the specific school I wanted to work t- with would be like more underprivileged children is yeah. like I would take them home you know I would want to get involved be, in their family life I'm way yeah. too emotional to like stay separate from that so I don't know I didn't go too far into that route but I thought about it for sure <laughs> you know you we talked about Tim Murphy from mm-hmm. the Crackle he loves the physical barrier that mm-hmm. is between he and the yeah, customers I mean, it's symbolic though physically and yeah symbolically it is this barrier of like you can say and do whatever you want but i'm over here and and ultimately i can walk away quote unquote but (laughs) we have a barrier so whether you're mean or or if you're someone that i care too much about like it'll never get to that point ultimately i don't think i think that's a really interesting piece about this whole industry Mm -hmm. that there is a wall yeah we let people in as much as we want, mm-hmm. and we can push them and keep them at a distance yeah. as much as we want. Now, we I say to. we, the proverbial we, since I don't work behind a bar, it's mm-hmm. legal for me, but <laughs> it makes some sense, right? Yeah. Like, when you think about psychology, when you think about what motivates people, empathy, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. do you feel it's too easy for you maybe 
to connect with these people that spill these stories to you from across the bar? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different now at OLMA since I don't have bar seats, so I kind of oh, av- avoid that altogether, <laughs> which I kind of, at first I was like, that's kind of nice. It's yeah. kind of refreshing. I don't have to entertain or listen to these stories, but definitely working at the Intercontinental downtown, that that was where I had the most regulars, and they would, you know, open up the most and gush to you the most, and it's, all of a sudden it's like, I feel like I know too much about your life, and yeah. it's like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I ever got in any situations to where that was an issue, but eventually it starts to weigh heavy on you where it's like, I have enough of my own issues. That's a great point. And then here comes so-and-so, and I have to like hear about his troubles and all these things, and it's like, it's exhausting. And I think that's why it goes back to like just wanting a quiet, fastened ride where I don't have to talk <laughs> is like, it's draining, you know? Talking to people and listening is draining. Like it, it, it does take parts of you out and and I think that's also why like your days off are important and like really shutting your phone off and disconnecting and finding ways to like feel at peace yeah and uh what what are some of the things that you do as kind of getting out of technology getting away from the mm -hmm. social element what are things that you do to attain peace well, I'm kind of hermity, so yeah. I, ju- I just sit at home You've a lot. You've got like a massive shell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I hide in my shell. Um, <laughs> I started doing yoga, which I think exercise is something that people in this industry don't do enough of, and yeah. I certainly am one of those people. I'm not trying to say that I'm like this yogi or do anything, but I started doing it just once a week, and like I swear it it changes like your day or your week. It it gives you physiologically an does, out. Yeah. yeah, it does. Like you know, there's scientific proof of that, and it yeah. really does change the way you look at what's going on, and it helps a lot. So starting to do that and just think more about like what you're eating, what you're drinking, are you sleeping, like what's yeah. going on, and I think just anything negative, it's like you have to maintain the amounts of that that you let in, and that's the hard it's karma, part. man. That's the hard part. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah being someone that is considered at the front of innovation and creativity mm-hmm. people are going to give you drinks hand over fist right and or if you just even if you were tired or had a long day it's like yeah i want to go drink like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want someone to wait on me and hand me drinks like Absolutely. that sounds great is but, it is it hard to strike a balance for you between the health that this kind of newly maybe discovered yoga passion mm-hmm. with drinking is it hard to strike a balance there i think it's been easier now um working somewhere where we close at 10 p.m i'll say that and where there's not a bar right next door when i worked at key it was like you know the routine like okay liberty's right next door everyone's going go have your decompression beer and like chill out and next thing you know it's 2 15 and you're going home and and then you wake up and do it all over again so i think I'm lucky I'm at a spot at a job where I have healthier hours and I have a team that is also maybe in the same boat as me a little bit more that's like trying to be a little bit healthier and focus more on ways to like do this productively and but it is hard when like part of your job is like okay go to that event go to these things and and I don't really and so then I feel like I don't want people to think I don't want to go, you yeah. know, I do, but I also don't want to be out late drinking, you know, it's like, such a so hard, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I wonder because the ratio 
of invites to attendance mm-hmm. for, for probably you and I. Yeah. It's quite low. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, great events. You know, mm-hmm. I support everybody that I yeah. can. But at some point, you just have to save, you have to save yourself. Yeah. Because you can't be turning 30, you can't be turning 40 mm-hmm. and just use your your body at this dispose you can't, of it. Yeah, you, know? you can't just sacrifice yourself yeah. endlessly just to like save appearance and to you know show your face on an event it's like okay if what feels good to me and what feels right is saying no to this and not going then yeah. i need to do it and i mean it's hard you know sure. peer pressure is still a real thing it sounds cheesy but like that is ultimately like a part of this industry and it really is and feeling like you quote unquote have to or should and so i think i've gotten better about like i wouldn't say not caring what people think but sort of of like yeah, I'm not going. I don't want to go. I don't think it's good for me or right. like it's body not. first. Health yeah, first, mind exactly. First. And I guess that is sort of like being selfish, like being a little bit selfish of is like what though? you need. I Do, don't know. So, so, all right, that's a great point. The, the selfish piece of it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes these events are merely about numbers. Right. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. we're not like, going to really have... care if I'm there. <laughs> right. Will you even notice mm-hmm. if I, I'm not there? And so, it's an interesting piece. So on the whole, your peers are the people you've kind of come up with in this industry. Do you think that there is an epidemic of people really not taking care of themselves, just putting themselves over Yeah, I mean, I definitely, again, I, I saw it a lot more when I worked places that were open later. I yeah. think just because that was the style, especially at the hotel bar when people are buying you booze and you're there till 2 a.m. on the weekends and then it's just like late night and... You don't get to have any fun. You just have to go home and go to sleep. So, like, of course you want to make the night fun. And so, yeah, I'd say I I definitely can see that that's an issue for some people. I just, you know, I chose to go a different direction and get a job where the hours don't really put me in that a position. Smart <laughs> it was a smart move. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm lucky, A. And then, B, I, I think I've been working really hard on, like, being more self-aware in that of, like, I know myself enough to where like, okay, if I work at a bar that's open late and where you do a shift shot, mm. I'm going to do the shift shot. And yeah. then like, who who do I become after that? The, <laughs> the girl who, who goes to Whataburger. I like, I don't yes. want to anymore. <laughs> totally. It is. Those taquitos, albeit delicious. They're delicious. They do take a different physical effect. Yeah. And toll on your body as you get older. Right. Yeah. You know, you can't. <laughs> You can't slam daiquiris all the time, yeah, because you'll become massively overweight. I mean, yeah, it's well, and I, I just even just the mental aspect of like, I can feel the effects of like how I feel during the week based on like what did I do on my day off? Yeah. You know, did I yeah. go drink all day and eat a bunch of crap, and now I'm like negative and grumpy the whole week, or like did I really focus on like what do I need? In order to just be a better me, yeah. which sounds so cheesy, but no, it's but that's really true. I, I mean, maturity is knowing your boundaries, right? And abiding by them, right? And it can be boring, or you can make it really fun. But what's boring, right? Like, <laughs> no, I want you know, like we again events every night. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's a good use of my time to watch an investigative documentary on HBO? I fucking sure do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least okay, I'm thinking, I right? You I know? Agree. So and it again, makes you feel good. It, well, depending on what the scenario <laughs> is. But, but yes, it can. You know, you totally. feel uplifted at least mm-hmm. intellectually. And engaged. at least you're in your element, you know? Like, yeah. 
I don't want to do anything that's me faking it, you know? Yeah, like That's the worst. If it makes life. me feel good to watch some stupid Bravo show and stay home, then yeah, there well, I am. We're all guilty of that. There I am. So Contigo is a piece of this resume. Mm-hmm. Cuneco, is that right? Cuneho. Cuneho. Well, it was key back then. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was yeah. there when it was key. I remember. I remember uh, yeah. Mr. Yeah, Justin Elliott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. June mm-hmm. was there. Michael yeah. Simon was there back mm-hmm. in the day. Did you, so, you know, I've been trying to get Paul on the show for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of stuff that went on that, that piece. A lot of interesting things with PR, but mm-hmm. how was that experience for you working there was it tumultuous it was or? huge i mean that was definitely the turning point for me of where i realized okay this is what i want to do yeah. i worked at contigo and that felt so familiar and so at home like being in that environment i loved it it was easy and i loved everyone there i worked for jen kaiser yeah, who was yeah. like just a total badass i mean still i is, knew right? her yeah still killing it and so working under her and working with uh, nicole cruz uh-huh. who was the manager at contigo then um it was just awesome like working with these girls who were just badass like good at it and empowering and encourage you and so but it was familiar and somewhat easy and so then when uh, my friend lauren davis who's now the bar manager at weather up mm-hmm. uh she was at key at the time and she said there's a job opening i think you should apply and i sort of laughed and was like no way like i don't have that cocktail knowledge i don't have that experience and she was like well Really, what Justin Elliott is looking for is someone with a good attitude. So I was like, okay, I'll apply. That I can do. <laughs> I was like, that part I can bring. I can bring a good attitude, but yeah. like, you got to teach me stuff. Right. So yeah, I can remember my stage where I didn't know how to hold a Japanese jigger. I was just like shaking, hoping he wouldn't ask me too many questions. <laughs> that whole Justin thing is like, relatively forgiving, to be honest. Of course, but yeah. like when you've only known of him as like, Right. A, a leader in the cocktail community <laughs> at this predominant restaurant it's yeah. like it's intimidating yeah sure. so it was scary but like yeah I, i'm lucky i got to work with him for the short amount of time that i did because you know what it definitely built a foundation towards what i know now and like yeah. a lot of the skills i learned there i use every day so how did the introduction into olame happen was it a friend or was it they um yeah so bill Mann is a gentleman who was the director of operations at key and Eastside kings and so he knew me from key um and he knew that i worked closely with justin and rachel del rocco Mm -hmm. who's another big mentor of mine love her um great woman sorry yeah yeah. (laughs) great woman (laughs) she she got married so you know i know and now she's in mexico i know man her in francisco yeah killer killer couple but Bill, so he basically just knew me from that, and he went over to be a consultant at Olame, mm. and they were looking to build a bar, like a proper bar. Um, I guess Andy was deciding to go his own way, yeah. and so they were looking for someone to, you know, be the face of the bar and help build the program there. And Bill called me and basically was like, "I want you to come here. I want you to do this, and I think you can do it." And I, you know, only being at Key for less than a year was like. No, I'm just now learning these things that I didn't know a year ago, yeah. you know, like I'm just now comfortable doing certain things. Like essentially it was exactly what I wanted. It was just coming way Too faster, fast, right? way faster. Yeah. But, you know, I said, will I be supported? Will you be there? Will the team like help me? Like if I don't know things and he's like, yeah, you'll have support. You'll be supported. You should do this. This is Amazing. where you should be. 
So yeah, I'm glad I took the chance and Seems went. Like a good move, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, best job I've ever had, best group of people I've ever worked for. Um, and yeah, I've been supported the whole time. So it's incredible. Yeah. I, at the head of the pack, if you think about it culinarily mm-hmm. and cocktail wise, you know, mm-hmm. I think that Olamay doesn't have enough credit from the cocktail piece. And I think that's a great opportunity for all of us. And right. you know, we're doing this dinner next week, which yeah. will be yet another way to kind of express like how intrepid and how bold and how innovative OMA can be on both fronts. Right. You know, for you, is it hard to, or rather, what is a way that you would say you can go affect the <laughs> perception about how people perceive the cocktail program? Right. OMA to be. Well, I feel, I mean, I can tell you how I perceive it. Yeah. I perceive it to be, you know, uh, welcoming, not too far over your head, just mm-hmm. like close to classics where I can say, you know, obviously this isn't just this, but I can still tell you it's like a cherry Manhattan, but it's like Perfect. all these other things, you know, yeah. but like make it familiar. I really like that. I like, you know, including people. I don't want to be exclusive. Mm-hmm. I want to include everyone, people who have never even had a Manhattan or people who are like, yeah, I've had that a million times. I want something else. Or, you know, people mm-hmm. who have gone to all these amazing bars around the world and how do you still make it interesting for both of those people yeah and i think just making sure you know on a technical standpoint that it's all the things it needs to be of balanced and well crafted but then ultimately you know i think it goes back to service of like how do you present it like are you presenting it in a snooty way of like well here's the names of the ingredients in here or are you giving it more of a flavor introduction of like it's boozy. It's you know something bitter, a more it, general. Yeah. yeah, that people can understand. All people. Yeah. So I think that's my ultimate goal is well, I think just it makes like sense. yeah, especially with our food being the same way of like okay, here's these traditional old school recipes, but in a modern way. Mm. So how do you still make someone who thinks southern food is fried chicken interested in what you're doing when it's not that? You know, it's yeah. something else, but it's still that familiar territory. So you know, it's interesting. And I always use music as analogies. Mm-hmm. Why is it, and this is a rhetorical question, <laughs> why is it that everybody sings Hey Jude at the end of the karaoke night? Oh, do they? Often. <laughs> not not 100%. <laughs> and, and, and it feels good. It does. Sorry. It's familiar. But it does. <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's familiar. Nostalgic. Nostalgic. Yeah. And it includes so it. you. Yeah, exactly. Everybody knows it. Yeah. Do you think anybody's say, oh, this song is overdone? <laughs> Not a single fucking Maybe, but person. deep down they like it. They and they're singing like it, it in their head. Yes. So that's so. it. That's that's <laughs> the that's the piece that we have to yeah. as creators and as comp- composers of cocktails. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it close to the heart, right? Right. And have it be something that just people want to have. Yeah. Like why not? They don't have to think about it. Yeah. They can just make it easy. Drink it. Yeah. Make it easy. <laughs> God. Yes. Yeah. Well, so I've got a few other questions. Okay. First is, you know, you had this, I like my collection of booze. I've, I've taken years to get it. It looks very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which I appreciate. You know, and I've, I actually had a friend that said, why don't you talk more about the bottles your guest selects? I'm like, right. all right, good. It's a great question, mm-hmm. sir. London, sir. But, <laughs> so you picked the Havana Club. Yeah. The Maestro Selection. What's, what is it about rum right now? 
for you that said, I want to, I'm gravitating yeah. towards this bottle. Well, I started, I mean, I think some of the first cocktails I ever enjoyed were whiskey cocktails. Yeah. I, I think the first proper cocktail I ever had was an old fashioned. And mm. that was when I didn't really, I wasn't even really interested in the industry or anything. And I just remember, I loved the way it tasted. It just was so good. I yeah. loved the sweetness and the oakiness and I just loved it. And that was like my drink for a while. And then, you know, as time went on and starting to bartend and kind of go to other bars because I was interested, I would see rum cocktails and I would try them. And most of them were sort of tiki. So yeah. that made me think of Florida. And like that made me, you know, again, that nostalgia of like it feels very yeah. like home, but, you know, more fun. <laughs> so Tiki is more fun yeah, more than whiskey fun than They're just, both great. Yeah. So. I, I'm lucky though. I almost ruined rum at a wedding because I was drinking whiskey neat, and they ran out, and they only had rum. So I started drinking rum neat, and I almost ruined it. But, <laughs> but luckily, that di that didn't put a damper on my love for that it. fateful fateful event. Yeah. Well, I just kept thinking like, this is it. This must be the time that I ruined a spirit I love. <laughs> you know, like gin is kind of iffy for me. Tequila yeah. had its moments, but like, yeah. Luckily, everyone's back on board and. Rum is really where my heart is right now. I think I just love the sweetness of it. Yeah. I love that like caramelized sugar. Um, I just love the way it can be in booze forward and refreshing cocktails. It's, it it's is fun. So fun and so yeah. special. So and what do you think? There's about, so many. I mean, oh yeah, it's very versatile. So many. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about this guy, this Havana Club? I love it. It's, it's like so nice, the perfect. Right? When you were saying it's nine, it's ninety-seven. A uh, 90 proof. 90 proof. Yeah. And that's like a perfect spot for perfect. like sipping, just like really comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And wait till you try this Foursquare 2004. No, I can't Brandon, wait. my friend, will <laughs> love that we're sipping. This. Yeah. And recording it. Which and is talking about it. And talking about yeah. it. They've got something called the Criterion that's coming out. It sounds cool. so stoic and so epic and so yeah. almost Viking ish. The name alone, you're like, all right. Done. Done. I'll, I'll take buy, it. How many yeah. bottles? <laughs> I am a sucker all. for a name and a label. I'll yes, say that. Yeah. So I, I'm sort of easy in that way of like, if it has a cool label or a cool name, I'm like, I'm interested. Done deal. <laughs> like of. the black arts? Totally. Like, oh, dude, that's yeah. fucking, it's like a Sabbath record. Yeah. Buy that. That's what that I reminds love me it. of. Yeah, yeah. Done. Exactly. Bend, yeah. Bend over backwards. That's all right. <laughs> so we had two other, two last questions mm -hmm. for you. The first is, you know, it's something that I ask everybody and, I like thinking about answering it myself, which I haven't done yet. But so think about you're sipping a wonderful rum. Let's mm -hmm. just say, for instance, you're at your favorite bar in the world and you can sit there and have a great sip and a great conversation with anybody living or deceased. Who would you love to just sit at that bar and spend a few hours chatting with? Oh, man. I know. It's a lot Intense of responsibility. question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, man, that's intense. I guess for someone deceased, I would definitely choose my dad. Like, yeah. I feel like now that I'm older, like we could have conversations about things that, you know, I wasn't interested in when I was younger. Yeah. You know, one of our last times hanging out was he asked me to drive him to Best Buy to go buy some <laughs> CDs. I was like, dad, no, I'm 19 and I don't care, you know, like, but now I'm like, that would be awesome. Or yeah. like being old enough to be like, yeah, we could drink some whiskey together and like talk about music and whatever. Yeah. So I think that would be 
interesting to do now. Yeah. And then as far as someone alive, I would either, I would probably pick either Rachel Del Rocco to drink some Fernet with yeah. or maybe Bill Mann to, yeah, share a whiskey. I think Bill that is a, That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah they're, they're my crew. <laughs> love in, love out. Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems like, you know, you've had this career that's kept on growing. You've kept on learning. You keep getting to innovate. You get to share and demonstrate the kind of great work you're doing at OMA. The social game is really great, by the way. <laughs> what do you see this amounting to? Now that I know it feels like a job interview kind of question, but mm-hmm. it feels like you're really cut out for this. Do you want to open your own bar? Do you want to start a label? What do you see? I, mean, I don't know, five, ten years, and whatever. It's right. Some trite shit, right? But where does this ultimately end up for you? I mean, I guess the short answer is I have no idea. Like, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I, I feel like a big part of college was, especially in communications, they make you take like those personality tests yeah. or all these quizzes to be like, what is your ideal profession? Or like, what suits your personality? And you're <laughs> right. like, but I don't want to be a nurse. Fuck you, like, computer. I don't yeah. know. So I guess I'm still figuring it out and... I mean, opening a bar, yeah, it definitely sounds good, but do I want to be a business owner? I don't know. Like yeah. sometimes I kind of like working for someone else because it takes away a lot of that stress that goes into owning a business. You got and it. And like so maybe working with someone would be better like as far as like starting a brand, I you know, those things that I haven't been around as much are things that maybe I still need to spend time with and yeah. I think I'm definitely following the path of the opportunities that are given to me. And I think I'm a hard worker. I, I'd like to think. I think that's like a big part of why I've gotten to where I am. Absolutely. So, I mean, that'll lead somewhere, you know. It always I, does. To what? I don't know. But don't that's exciting. But also like, I don't know. I feel fine that I don't know. Is that weird? No, that's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've always You're not trying been, to control yeah. The unknown, you know. Right. I've always I guess I've always kind of been comfortable not knowing. That's a really if there is any lesson to take take away from this whole thing. There's <laughs> brilliant nuggets here and there, obviously, but you've been okay not knowing. Yeah. I I don't know. It's weirdly comfortable. It is. That is just I, being <laughs> I th- I think it's a perfect way to head off into the world into yeah. the future, you know. So but you know, thank you so much for sipping some rum with yeah. me thank you for delicious telling me about your life and well, it's, thanks it's for really having me great chatting Aaron. i'm, I'm so glad fun. we got to like i like, get to know a bit about you and yeah you guys are doing great work and i can't thanks. wait to kind of yeah. have dinner over there i know i can't week. wait gonna be good it's gonna be good it's um, gonna be delicious beyond delicious. pork chops and gin oh shit <laughs> thanks so much Aaron. spoiler alert yeah thank you <laughs> well there we have it the charming hospitable Aaron ashford of olame austin Wonderful restaurant, wonderful cocktails. It's an Instagram feed to watch every time Aaron posts a pic of these beautiful cocktail creations. I mean, they look so delicious. They look so vibrant. And to understand the story and in a way the genesis of how all this stuff and her perspective about drinks and hospitality, how that all came together. It's really a lovely tale. And Aaron, thanks so much for taking the time out to chat with me. And thank you for listening to Show to View with Mike G. No matter how many tiki drinks you consume this week as you walk and follow the Texas Tiki Week map, or if you're thinking, man, I probably want to go see it again. It was quite good. Please keep dancing.